Our reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. And this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Uh, we'll try that. That's better, isn't it? Good morning, everybody. Great to be here with you on this uh, Christmas Eve and uh, to have the opportunity to uh, reflect on God's Word for a little while together. I uh, just want to say uh, thanks to Bex for leading this morning for the first time. Really uh, appreciated her stepping in uh, to that role. Um, now, uh, we're thinking this morning um, about uh, this uh, account of Jesus' birth in Matthew. And I was reading this week about a kind of classic failed attempt at charity. Uh, it was back a little bit earlier in the, the, this century, uh, start of the 2000s. Uh, there was an organisation called Play Pumps International. And uh, Play Pumps International came up with what they thought was a genius way of pumping water in poor communities that had no power or no uh, water infrastructure. Uh, what they came up with was this idea of connecting a water pump to this specially designed uh, roundabout that children could play on. And uh, as they played and as they ran around uh, the roundabout, uh, they would pump water. Now, this is the kind of idea, it can kind of probably seem brilliant uh, if you're in an air-conditioned, technologically advanced office somewhere, you know, in Paris or Geneva or somewhere. Uh, this seems like a really idea. The kids get to play and the water gets pumped. Uh, what a fun idea. The reality was very different. Uh, the first big problem was essentially you're creating child slavery because you actually need a lot more water than, you, than children who want to play. And so basically the children play for five minutes and want to go and do something else and it's like, no, keep running. You got to keep running all day so you can pump the water. So that's uh, terrible. But on top of that, the play pumps uh, broke down easily and uh, there were no spare parts available in the parts of the world, in the areas where they were being used. And they were three times more expensive uh, than your ordinary old normal kind of water pump. 
Uh, unsurprisingly, when uh, some surveys were done and people were, the people in the communities were asked, what do you want? They said, please, uh, just give us the old pumps. They're so much better than the new one. Uh, if you want to help people, it's really important to understand what their real problems are. Uh, so often, if you just kind of parachute solutions in from a different part of the world, uh, a different experience, uh, without any ground, on-the-ground knowledge, you can actually end up hurting more than you help. Now, just on a side note, I heard we're giving to uh, Tear Fund at our Christmas services this year. Uh, as a church, we try and support Tear Fund and we try and support Compassion. And uh, yeah, we're really confident that both of those organisations, as they seek to help people in other parts of the world, actually do have on-the-ground knowledge and can offer really thoughtful uh, uh, solutions that actually hear from the people who are being helped about what they want. So I just want to give a little plug there for uh, giving to Tear Fund. But that wasn't the main reason that I shared this story. The main reason that I shared this story is because uh, what happened with play pumps is really the exact opposite of what happens as, at Christmas time. The Christmas story is a story about a God who didn't sit back on the com- in the comfort and in the glory of his throne in heaven and send down some uh, plan of some inappropriate plan of salvation to our earth. The story of Christmas is not that God sent an angel down uh, who had no understanding of what it was like to be a human being uh, to come and try and save our world. The message of Christmas is that actually God himself got off his throne and came right into the middle of our messy world, that he was born and lived as an ordinary human being so that he could bring us a plan of salvation that is exactly what we need. And we see this wonderful truth about the Christmas story, this wonderful truth about God, uh, especially highlighted for us in the Gospel of Matthew. I think Matthew, as he writes his account of Jesus' life and work, has a special interest in how Jesus was born right into the middle of our sinful and messy world. Uh, You see that actually right from the very start of Matthew's gospel uh, as he records the genealogy of Jesus. Um, And uh, I had uh, mercy on Edith and didn't ask her to read all of those names this morning. Uh, But if you were to look at those names a bit more closely, you might expect that if you're going to record somebody's genealogy, you record the heroes and saints of uh, Jesus' ancestors to say what a great family he came from. But instead, actually, if you look there, uh, Matthew highlights some of the more embarrassing parts of Jesus' family tree. Kind of highlights some of the, the dirty washing, the things that probably didn't get mentioned at family Christmases. Adultery, prostitution, uh, other failures like that. Uh, right from the very start of this gospel, Matthew does not want us to think that Jesus came from a line of saints. In fact, he wants us to know that he came uh, from a long line of sinners and that is the situation into which he was born. Uh, And our focus this morning is on the circumstances of Jesus' birth, not just on his genealogy. And again, uh, to many outsiders, uh, the circumstances of Jesus' birth probably looked like they fitted pretty well with his genealogy. Uh, It seems to be a pretty awkward, messy situation. 
Uh, Matthew tells us in verse 18 of uh, chapter 1 uh, of his gospel, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Uh, his mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if any of you saw the news this week, uh, but actually there was news of a, a really exciting birth uh, down in New South Wales, a woman named Kirsty Bryant uh, gave birth, in fact, to the first ever baby born uh, through a transplanted uterus. Uh, she actually received a uterus, I think, from her own mother. Uh, and as part of the story of this uh, exciting birth, uh, they had this photo there from social media, uh, which was when Christy first became pregnant uh, and uh, posted uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, photo celebrating uh, her positive pregnancy test. When you think back to Mary's experience, it's unlikely that she was uh, posting her positive pregnancy test on social media. Now, it's not that uh, Mary, of course, it wasn't social media, but if there was, uh, she wouldn't, I don't think, have been doing that. Now, it's not that Mary, I think, probably didn't have a certain sort of joy herself at her own pregnancy. I mean, she knows where this baby has come from. Uh, she's had the angel Gabriel uh, visit to her but nobody else knows that, and especially not Joseph, her fiancé. Uh, and uh, he would not have wanted to read that on social media, would he? And it must have been an awkward conversation when Mary had to come to Joseph and explain her pregnancy. Instead of the normal joy that you would expect at a, a moment like this, uh, Joseph was perhaps shocked, perhaps upset, uh, it seems that he was disbelieving if Mary did try and explain to him the fact that, no, this was uh, a baby who had, uh, you know, been announced by an angel and uh, was uh, from the Holy Spirit. It's not that Joseph is portrayed in this story as a, a bad guy. He's not vengeful or vindictive, Matthew tells us in his behaviour. But clearly he feels betrayed, uh, he feels let down, he feels that Mary has been unfaithful to him. Because in verse 19 we read, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. This whole situation is just a minefield of uh, misunderstandings and hurt feelings, isn't it? If Joseph can't believe the truth about what uh, has happened to Mary, well, surely nobody else could. You can only imagine the gossip and the rumours and the disapproval there must have been there from many others in the community. Mary's pregnancy appears to be a messy situation of unfaithfulness and immorality. But of course, nothing could be further from the truth. This pregnancy is really something that is at the very heart of God's plans for the world. And so uh, he doesn't leave uh, Joseph in uh, his... Uh, you know, upsetness and, and hurtness, uh, his disbelief, uh, he sends uh, one of his uh, angelic uh, messengers to make sure that Joseph, at least, understands the significance of the situation. Verse 20, after he had considered this, uh, Joseph, that is, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will give birth to a son and you would give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Mary's pregnancy is not 
an embarrassing error. It's not a sinful slip-up. Her pregnancy is a result of her faithful obedience to God. She is about to give birth to his Saviour. I think the awkward circumstances that seem to surround his birth actually give us great confidence that he is the Saviour that our world needs. Jesus is not like, you know, Truman uh, Burbank from the, the movie The Truman Show. He lives that perfect life in his specially controlled world that uh, he doesn't know it, but it's really part of a giant reality TV show. Everyone's very nice to him because they're all actors and they're all paid to be nice to him. Uh, he's got a team of producers and directors who uh, solve every single problem in his life and the world he lives in. Uh, it, it just seems amazing. That's not Jesus. Jesus is a saviour who has come to a world that we live in. This Christmas, probably every single one of us will, to some extent, experience the brokenness of sin in our lives and in the world. Every single one of us, even if you know, our lives are relatively happy and, uh, and, and blessed, Every one of us will have some kind of stress or pain or tension, whether it's fractured relationships, family members that don't talk to each other anymore, conflicts about politics or religion or uh, inheritances, uh, somebody drinking too much, the pain of divorces or adulteries or abuse in the family. No life, no family in this world is immune from these kind of messy situations. And it's into this kind of situation that Jesus is born. He's born not only into a family with a messy history of skeletons in the closet, but he's born into an awkward situation where his own birth is almost the cause of his own parents' divorce. Jesus has had an authentic experience of being human. Uh, he, has had, uh, he has experienced all the kinds of difficulties and temptations uh, that go along with life in this world. And this is so important because this means that Jesus can be a substitute for us when he comes and dies on the cross. He can die in our place because he is one of us. He's been tempted in every way like us, it says in the book of Hebrews. He's experienced every trial like us, right from the moment of his birth. The only thing that's different about Jesus is that he did not sin. Jesus came into this messy world, into this awkward situation, to be the perfect substitute for us, the one who can take our sins away. And the awkward uh, circumstances of Jesus' birth are also comforting for us. It means that when the angel says that Jesus has come to save people from their sins, he doesn't just mean save people from the respectable sins. He means he came to save people from all kinds of sins. You never have to fear that Jesus doesn't understand you, that Jesus might be too religious or too middle class or too respectable to save someone like you. Matthew wants to reassure us that Jesus is a saviour who can sympathise with all of us in the trials and temptations of being human. He is a saviour who has truly walked in your shoes. So that's a great comfort. 
But Jesus is actually more than just another human. He is a human, but he's not just one of the boys. As Matthew tells us at the end of this section, Jesus is also fully God. We read in verse 22, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the other important reason for this whole awkward situation. It's not just to uh, put Jesus in the middle of a messy family conflict, it's also because Jesus couldn't have an ordinary human father. He could have an ordinary human mother, but he needed to have a divine father. He had to be conceived by the Holy Spirit because he is God with us. It's worth taking a moment to reflect on this because this is one of the great truths, the most important truths of the gospel. Jesus was born fully human and fully God. Jesus isn't kind of half and half. He's not like a demigod. He's not kind of a Superman who has godlike powers. I mean, the thing about Superman is he doesn't know what it's like to be an ordinary person, does he? He can just uh, burn through things with his, uh, his, his eyes. Uh, Superman uh, is also not all-powerful. Uh, Superman has weaknesses, kryptonite. Uh, he makes mistakes. But Jesus... Jesus is fully human uh, in every way, but also he is fully God in every way. Uh, He is unlike an angel, he's unlike any other created being, he deserves our worship. The Apostle Paul captures what it means that Jesus is Emmanuel when he says in the book of Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God, all God's fullness dwells in him. In the early church, uh, theologians were grappling with this wonderful truth about Jesus. They were reading Matthew chapter 1, they were reading the things that Paul said in Colossians, and and they summarized this unique truth uh, in a creed called the Nicene Creed. It's a creed that uh, all Christians of all denominations uh, have uh, agreed with uh, over the centuries. And the Nicene Creed says this about Jesus. It says, We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the same essence as the Father. Through Him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. Jesus is not just a person with us. Jesus is God with us. God didn't send a messenger. He didn't send an ambassador. He didn't send a a general to save people. God came himself. And the truth is, only God himself could be our saviour. I've already mentioned that we need a truly human uh, substitute uh, to die on the cross for us because uh, only a human could take the place of humans. But if Jesus was just another human, well, he couldn't uh, take the place of all humanity, could he? He couldn't uh, die for the sins of all his people. Uh, He couldn't take away the sins of the world. His death would only substitute for one other human. It's only God 
who can come and offer himself as a sacrifice for the sins of all his people. Uh, It's so important that Jesus is God with us. And his coming, it tells us uh, so much about the God we trust in. We trust in a God who loves us so much that he was willing to leave his throne in heaven and come and live an ordinary life on earth. We have a God who's not just watching us from a distance. We have a God who has come and lived amongst us. And so over the next few days, as you reflect on the message of Christmas, I say if there are difficult or awkward or painful realities uh, that surface for you or your family at this time, well, don't just kind of ignore them or drown them under a flood of too much food or too much drink. Instead, find real comfort that Jesus knows what you are going through. Jesus isn't a distant saviour. He isn't an out-of-touch saviour. He isn't an unrealistic saviour. And that doesn't matter whether your trials at Christmas, the the things that are difficult at this time of year or other times of year are because of other people's sin or because of your own sins and failures. You can turn to Jesus for help, knowing that he will hear you and he does understand. You can be confident that he wants to help you so much that he was willing to come and be part of the same kind of painful experiences himself. So you can have confidence to turn to him, but you can also have confidence uh, and comfort that he has the power to be a saviour. Jesus is not just someone who can be there as a good listener to let you uh, unload the things that are going uh, wrong in your life. Jesus actually has the power to save. He is God with us. He came to give himself as a sacrifice that would take away sins once and for all. He has defeated death and the devil and sin. And even though we still experience the effects of sin in our fallen world, we have a real and powerful salvation that enables us to live with grace and hope, uh, to know uh, that Jesus has ultimately conquered all of these things, uh, even in the midst of the painful and awkward circumstances of life. So I hope that in the next few days, uh, particularly uh, through this Christmas time, uh, that you can know the hope uh, and the comfort uh, and the power of the God who is with us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for the message of Christmas, uh, that Jesus uh, came into our our difficult, uh, messy, sinful world uh, to be a saviour, to be amongst us. Uh, Thank you that uh, he is your son, uh, that he is equal with you in every way. Uh, and that uh, he is powerful to save. And we know the comfort and the hope of Jesus, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, uh, this Christmas, and we ask in his name. Amen.